Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. In this episode of Freedom Fridays, we are going to begin a series of podcasts on biblical sexuality. And you say, whoa, is this going to be an X-rated thing? No, absolutely not. Um, this is going to be a thing that unfortunately in our day and age needs to be defined. We talked last week how the government has no right to define moral uh, issues or morality or um, any sort of spirituality and how that is to be defined by God through his revelation through the scriptures and through nature, through natural revelation. So those are the two types of revelation which we've talked about previously. Um, so when we talk about sexuality, it's not just the act that we're talking about, but we're talking about what am I? What are you? Um, man, woman, are there third... Um, sexes or genders and and um are there fourth fifth sixth is it a is it a continuum um or is it not so when we look at the biblical accounts remember um a lot of people today say well gender is sex sex is something that is biological, but gender is just a social construct. Have you ever heard that before? I can't, it makes me sick how many times I've heard that. It's absolutely incorrect. You don't get to redefine it because you want to change something and you want to make something ideologically acceptable um, even when it is biblically reprehensible. And that's generally what they're doing when they do that. Gender is not a social construct. The roles of gender is generally what they're trying to show as being fluid and that I can act this way and be that way. But as we're going to take a look, we're going to take a look in a few podcasts from today um, about gender roles. First of all, let's look at gender itself, since that is the one thing that seems to be at stake behind a lot of these things. We're going to take a look biblically at gender. Now, when we talk about gender and when we talk about your sex as male or female, we're talking about the same thing. You say, well, no, it's gender's different than sex. Hmm. That's interesting that out of all the sciences, None of them agree with that statement. Um, biology completely affirms that there are two genders. There are two genders of everything. There are two genders of dogs. There are two genders of every mammal in the world. There are two genders of insects. There are two genders of plants. There are always two genders. Yes, some in the animal world contain both, but they are still, there are still only two. There's no continuum between them. And so gender, biologically, is clear. Again, God's revelation is both special revelation and natural revelation. Also, 
when you think of the things that have come out of that, language shows two genders. Many languages have gender in the language. Even English that doesn't have um, male and female, uh, masculine, feminine nouns and, and such still has masculine and feminine pronouns. The fact that they exist and that, the, that throughout all of history, there's only been two other than things that are inanimate that get a third um, non-gender specific pronoun. It, it's he, it's she, or, you know, like my tablet, it's an it. It's, it, there's no, there's no difference. And so, you know, all of that just goes to show what the Bible already told us. So in Genesis chapter 1, all the way at the beginning, on the sixth day when God created the living creatures, verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his, in his own image, in the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the earth." This passage gives us not only the fact that God did create mankind, as well as all of the animal kingdom, in male and female, but it also gives us insight into why God did this. Why did God create male and female and only male and female? Why didn't he all make, make us all the same gender? Why didn't he make us all just alike? We're all men, or we're all women, or we're all genderless. Why did God not do that? Because as he said to them, he commanded them in verse 28, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. That's why. Because God wanted procreation to happen in the human um, race. And so he created us male and female. That is the only way, by the way, that procreation happens. The only reason it can happen in a test tube is because you have functions and parts of the male and parts of the female. You have to have an egg and a sperm together. And yes, it's not just humans that have those things. It's all of creation, all of the plant life, all of biology has those two things. And so it's male and female. God further reiterates this in chapter 2. Down in verse 7, the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Then down in verse 18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. 
I will make him a helper suitable for him. Another reason that God created a second gender is because one wasn't enough. Two were needed to complement and complete each other. Verse 19, out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle and and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. So that tells us the animals are not good enough. As much as dogs may be considered man's best friend, they are not sufficient to complete or complement the needs of man. That took a special creation. Verse 22, the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. That reason is the procreation of the species. We also have now the completion of them working together. It, he says here, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. That's why a dog or a cat or a bear wouldn't work because they aren't of the same type of flesh and bone. They needed to be human. If we go to Genesis chapter 5 and verse 2, he created them male and female, and he blessed them and named them man in the day that when they were created. And that's mankind in the day they were created. Again, he created them male and female. We could go further on when Noah is told to bring animals on the ark. They are brought what? Two by two. Why are they brought two by two? If, the gen- if gender is fluid and there's a continuum between male and female, which, by the way, acknowledges male and female. So think about that for a moment. Um, why then would God bring only two if there was a continuum? Because there's not a continuum. That's why. Because he made all of the animal kingdom male and female. If you look at a lion, you see a male lion that generally has a big mane and a female lion that doesn't have it. You look at ducks and you see the wood duck that's got the, the bright colors on the male head and the body and the female that looks different, but yet similar. You see that throughout all of humanity. Why is it that that happens? Psalm 139, 13 through 16. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. 
I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. We are created intricately in our mother's womb by our God and creator. He is the one that defines, are you to be a male or are you to be a female? Are you to grow to be a man or are you to grow to be a woman? Are you a young boy or are you a young girl? There is no difference. Uh, Or excuse me, there is no difference. Middle ground, there's only male and female. And that is because God chose when you were created, when the egg and the sperm joined, that you would be exactly what he created you to be. And he knew all of your days ahead of time. It's amazing how God had all of that planned out. Malachi chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. Yet you say, for what reason? For what reason did God make male and female? Because the Lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth against whom you have dealt treacherously, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. That's what the reason that God is going to bring judgment to them. But not one has done so who has a a remnant of the Spirit. And what did that one do while he was seeking a godly offspring? Take heed then to your spirit, and let no one deal treacherously against the wife of your youth. For I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel, and him who covers his garment with wrong, says the Lord of hosts. So take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. And you say, well, wait, I didn't know we were getting into marriage yet, and we're not. But just this one thing here as to why he says, I hate divorce, because he is, his purpose is for godly offspring. And when the two are joined to create the godly offspring, they become one flesh physically. And as Jesus affirms in Matthew 19, which we're going to take a look at next, let no man separate what God has joined together. They're male and female, but yet work intricately together to help, to build, to create new life to bring godly offspring that follow God's commands into the world and rear them to be God-fearing adults. Matthew 19, beginning in verse 4, And he answered them and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? Jesus himself weighed in on the whole gender thing. He, he said, God, in the very beginning, 
He's affirming Genesis 1 and 2 when he says God created the male and female. There's no others. There's no other options. Jesus confirms here male and female and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. What did God join together? Male and female. God didn't join together some mixture of male and female with another mixture of male and female. He joined together a 100% male with a 100% female. Again, in Mark chapter 10, verses 6 through 9, same instance but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. So you can't just blame this on Matthew's perspective of what Jesus said. Mark, who was also directly in contact with the apostle Peter, and that's where he got most of his background to write his scripture, says through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that Jesus said, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. I would also say in the same spirit of this, what therefore God has defined as what he created, let man not think that he has the somehow right to redefine. We do not have the right to redefine God's definitions. Now, why is it that man goes down this road? Why do they go down this road and, and wanting to redefine this? What, what's the big deal with having just two genders, male and female? Except it's out of rebellion and sensuality. Let's go to Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. That's every single one of us without Christ. We all, without Christ, suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Verse 19, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what he has made, so that they are without excuse. In the same nature, with the whole question about gender, we are absolutely without excuse because God has created it throughout all of creation. There's no reason we are, have any excuse to not know that gender is male and female. Verse 21, For even though they knew God, they did not honor God as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their, their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Why? Because they did not want to submit to the authority of God. They thought they knew better. They thought their regulations were better, more inclusive. 
more loving. They did not want to submit to the authority or the deity of God. Verse 22, professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. They don't worship the God who made all. Instead, they worship his creation. And much of today worships the human body. The reason they want to be whatever they want to be is because they want to use the human body in whatever way they want to use the human body, not in ways that are prescribed by God to be good, or they want ways that are prescribed by God to be evil. Verse 24, Therefore God gave them over in their lusts of their, their hearts to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. When you try and change God's definition of male and female, you are worshiping yourself or the body of someone else or what you wish you were in not worshiping the creator himself as God, the sovereign who defines what you are and what he will make you. Verse 26, for this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. What are these degrading passions that he gave them over to? For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. Verse 27, and in the same way also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. So God is saying here that when you decide you want to change what God has done, you are saying that you are not worshiping him as God. And he then gave them over to degrading passions. What is the natural function of man, the natural function of woman? Biology would tell us very plainly the natural function of man is to uh, join with the woman so that the woman's natural function is to incubate and, and help build the body of godly offspring. It's the natural function of each other to work together to build godly offspring. It doesn't happen with men and men. It doesn't happen with women and women. It doesn't happen with you trying to figure you're something that you're not. God alone gets to define gender and sexuality. And as we look in these next few weeks over biblical sexuality, let us keep in mind that the biblical definitions defined by God himself, affirmed by the second member of the Trinity, the Lord Jesus Christ, are male and female. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. 
on Freedom Fridays. (laughs) 